Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. I hate this notion of performance and brand marketing. Everything is about what's driving the performance of the business. And marketing has to be always thinking about performance. I think that I would die on the hill that like all marketing is growth marketing. All marketing is performance marketing. Blackrow is the performance marketing tool whose job is to make e-commerce marketers better at their jobs. It's a pretty sweet predictive model that uses your Shopify data to automatically make all your digital marketing channels more efficient. Targeting and retargeting shoppers most likely to buy. Visit blackcrow.ai slash Daniel to get 30-day free trial and $1,000 credit for your first monthly contract. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Marketing Millennials podcast. Today, I have the CMO of Therabody on the podcast. Love their products. Use them all the time. Can't wait to get into this conversation. I'll let John give a little intro on how he got into marketing. Hey, Daniel. Uh, great to be here. Big fan of the pod um, and trying to make uh, make marketing a little bit more fun uh, than than most pods and, and Instagram accounts around marketing. Um, let's see. I got into marketing. I was a political science major in school, so I don't think I ever thought I would get into marketing. It's not something I probably set out to do, but you know, I grew up in um, the Bay Area and kind of Silicon Valley during the kind of dot com boom in the in the late nineties and was really into like digital and early on was, you know, on I guess since this is a millennials pod probably remember some of these things, but like AOL and instant messenger and all these things, uh, early internet days. So I've always been kind of a nerd and uh, always loved digital. And I think after I uh, kind of found my way, I found my way into marketing by kind of first starting the consulting world, just looking for a job out of school, living in DC, and then kind of fell into the consulting world. And from there was working with kind of companies that were trying to go um, enter different markets um, and, and figure out their marketing strategy. And so, yeah, I kind of made my way. I was in China for a number of years and got to have a great experience out there. Then I was on the agency side at AKQA. And then from there, I went to Beats by Dre, led all of kind of e-com and digital there. And then Apple acquired us, continued to work on the Beats side, but then eventually went over to the Apple side as they were kind of looking at how do they evolve their marketing into being more digital and social. So went over there, was there on the Apple side for an, another four years and uh, was able to do both hardware, but also got to do some of the new uh, digital services they did. So helped launch Apple Fitness Plus and then actually helped launch Apple TV Plus, which was their big foray into you know, entertainment, which was, was really exciting. And then during COVID, um, you know, kind of Therabody reached out. I was a huge fan of the product, I'm an avid cyclist. Uh, had a Theragun, but didn't kind of realize all else that the the company had built. And so joined them about two and a half years ago as their CMO. 
and have been yeah having a awesome time, really, really enjoying it. Um, and so, yeah, now now here we are. Well, that's, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. Beats by Dre, Apple, and now Their Body. Those are all like amazing brands you've been a part of. So it's cool that we get a chat. But the conversation I want to go into is a lot of marketers get stuck into this predicament that they aren't driving business goals or their marketing's not leading to business goals. So I want you to break it down how to set your marketing up for success so it is driving the goals that the business actually wants. I think it's a great question. And the reason I wanted to join the Verabody was I, I, you know, even though Apple's amazing, right, um, company, but it is a big machine. So I think sometimes when you're really big companies, it can be challenging to feel that marketing is really driving business. So I also think it's about finding the right size of business that you like to be at, because you could be in a very, very small early stage startup all the way to a really big company, um, and it'll be very, very different. So that's why I really liked like the Beats level and, and Therabody level of company, because you're still, you have really good product market fit but you're not so big and you can still um, really um, inform strategy and drive the business. So, you know, I think what it really starts with is you really have to have clear goals of, of the company, right. And laying out the strategy of the company. Um, a lot of companies I've been at, that's not always the case, right? You're, it's not having clarity on strategy from the very, very top because marketing can be pointed in many different directions, Marketing could say, let's go deeper on an existing audience. Let's expand to a new audience. Let's change our product mix, our portfolio. So what I found is having really, really pushing for really strong and clear strategy at the top is always where I start. And then everything has to ladder down from that. So depending on what it is in the top, then marketing needs to distill those down. And how is marketing going to help you know, to accomplish those goals? Um, and I think it's really, really key um, to understand also the the type of business you're at, right? Being at a, a I spent a lot of times at consumer product companies, but uh, it could be very different. It's a B two B company if it's a digital services company. So I think understanding really the the type of organization you're in, the type of business model, so then you can have clear metrics and KPIs of actually how you drive the business. So for me, you know, just just to give it a you know it, it, at Therabody, we have very clear goals that align you know up to the top that everyone's measured against. In terms of sales goals, in terms of you know profitability goals, and so then it's from me and my team to break down and how we're going to to hit those right, and working really really closely with the CEO, working really closely with the finance team. I think it's essential that um, you have a very close relationship with the finance team and they understand um, how you are measuring and are aligned with your measurements, and then working very, very closely with the sales organization. And then, you know, in my case, consumer goods company, you have to work really close for, for product. So that's, that's kind of where, where, you know, I come at it. I, I think marketing can have a really, really strong role to play in overall strategy because ultimately marketing should be the voice of the customer, right? And ultimately should drive throughout the organization through insights, through, knowing the customer, talking with the customer every day, exactly. And then from there, help to shape strategy. And so just, just as a, an example, you know, with Therabody, you know, we, 
historically we grew, you know, on the backs of kind of like weekend warriors, fitness enthusiasts, professionals, teams, and we were able to have a phenomenal growth, especially during COVID when people weren't able to see their, you know, physical therapists, their trainers, their chiros. But what we then found is that audience, you know, you don't buy a Theragun every year, right? So the thing in consumer goods and same with, with headphones, when I was at Beats, like you don't buy a pair of Beats every year. So you continually have to expand for new audiences. So what we really developed was a strategy of saying, how do we go and how do we expand our audience and how do we go after um, and drive a strategy around that? Um, not walk away from that performance audience, but start to now expand in new areas. And so from a marketing, we developed a new strategy for the business that was around kind of, we had performance, we had wellness, and we had beauty, which is kind of this new beauty tech area that we've been leaning into with a few products there. And so we were able to kind of from there, align our whole company strategy around those three verticals that each had unique audiences. And then we were able to map products to it, positioning to it, packaging, merchandising, and we were really able to drive the the company in that direction. And it all started with kind of like understanding the consumer, understanding the categories we're in, and then we were able to drive it and then have clear KPIs about are we reaching those new audiences? Are we penetrating them? Are we bringing them down into the funnel? And so it's very clear. It's very clear now how we move our metrics, um, which is ultimately sales, but how we're doing it through the key marketing KPIs. And I'm happy to go into any sorts of different details or directions based on, on some of that kind of overview. The two directions I will want to go down is one, how to bring that voice of the customer into the marketing plan very, very distinctly. And the second one is once you've aligned what the overall strategy is with the CEO, finance, product, all that stuff, what is those goals that you are setting with your marketing team to be able to say like, okay, hey, VP of Ecom, you doing, this is your, your goal retail you do i don't know how your team set up but just how do you get from high level strategy to what are the goals at each department or what does the marketing as a whole need to achieve so i would say first that we invest in consumer research right so we do invest in really understanding from a qualitative a quantitative obviously there's a lot of information out there if you look at social if you look at product reviews we have 20 store locations around the country. So the marketing team spends, you know, we require everyone at least once a quarter to go and work either an event or go and work in a store to just be constantly in front of our customer and kind of understanding them. And so we take all those insights and ultimately um, filter them into key insights on, on, on the consumers. And we develop segmentations and we develop kind of targets, understanding their behaviors so all of that gets you know distilled in the marketing team and then gets shared um, at executive level. And then that gets shared down through a company level. We also, when we're doing focus groups and um, we will invite other teams in. So we'll invite the product team, we'll invite the sales team so everyone can really hear the voice of the customer. So it's really our job to continue to feed those customer insights, the voice of the customer into the organization and constantly be sharing it. So it doesn't become as subjective 
and it's really aligned to exactly those customers' needs. So that's that's number one. And I think really I cannot emphasize enough the importance of doing that work because then you stop having you know debates and you really have the data to drive how you're um, executing the plan. Secondly, you know, from there, I would look at, you know, setting up the key goals for the um, organization. So for me, again, if you go to the goal of like expanding our, our audience, it's really a, we'll do a, a awareness study, right, to see how much awareness we have with those audiences. And then we want to increase that awareness and penetration over time through our marketing and then we want to drive down more people into consideration. So again, we'll use so we kind of use reach metrics to see how we're reaching our audiences and at what frequency. Then we'll look at other indicators of like, for example, like search is a great proxy. Are people searching increasingly, you know, for your products? Right? Are there social conversation about your products? Are those are those going up? Are we getting more site traffic? So there's a lot of like proxies we'll look at throughout the year. And then ultimately, um, are we driving into conversion, right? Are we getting either people into our mailing list? Are we getting people to buy product? And then we're looking at that across the whole ecosystem, right? So we have Amazon, we have e-com, we have our retailers, you know, Best Buy, Targets, um, and seeing how it's doing across those organizations as well. And then so you kind of have those audience expansion, you have the digital journey, and then a big, big part of us is also just continuing the thought leadership work. So we, we do invest a lot of time and effort into having our executives out and talk. I mean, kind of, kind of what we're doing here, right? Having our executives talking about the brand, talking about the space continues to be, you know, thought leaderships. Last year, we won Times, one of Times' most innovative companies, fast company. So would put a lot of goals around our, our teams to get kind of earned media um, and continue to get more conversation out there about the brand, which is always really important. You know, when when I was at Beats, um, being at a kind of cultural brand, it was always about, you know, is the brand in the cultural conversation? You know, are people talking about you? Are you doing things at the right times, whether it's showing up at the World Cup or showing up at the NBA All-Star Game? Or, you know, you want to have that continue to be top of mind so that when consumers get into certain buying moments, we're a heavily seasonal business, right? So things like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or holiday are big opportunities for us. But we, but you have to stay top of mind. So when you when you start getting consumers to consider, they're thinking of you. Um, so those are just some of the ways that I have the team um, organized and thinking about our goals. Two things that I I got out of that is one. The power of what you're doing with internal marketing and aligning all those teams beforehand helps not create confusion after the fact because you said, hey, this is what customers are saying. So a product, I'm telling you exactly what people are saying, a good, bad, ugly, working, not working, what they like, um, finance, I'm telling you this, sales, I'm telling you this, everybody on the, the organization, I'm telling you this, say, so you know, up front, so you can incorporate that. And then everybody's also thinking customer first, the whole, and the whole organization. And then one thing I wanted to go into is you were talking about awareness and consideration. How much do you split the budget between doing awareness campaigns to get more people in the funnel versus that consideration versus the going even bottom of the funnel? It's a great question. And it's the, uh, I feel like it's like every marketer's challenge right now. 
The way I look at it is I, I really don't like this whole um, notion of you have growth marketing, you have performance marketing, you have brand marketing. At the end of the day, it's all marketing. And at the end of the day, it all has to perform. I'm a big believer that everyone needs to be integrated. They have to be working together. There's different tactics, but where I've found that you kind of have siloed teams with different incentives, it just doesn't work. So I have, for example, my media, my media team, they think about media holistically, whether it's TV, whether it's uh, search or affiliates, right? They are, that's who I look for, people who can understand how it all works together. So the, simply the way I think about it is demand creation and demand capture. Like those are the two basic things you need to do in marketing. And it really depends where you are, right? So if I were to talk to you about the athlete, you know, I would say there's a, there's a good amount of brand awareness of like weekend warriors of Theragun. That's who we've kind of grown with. So if I was to look at that audience, I would probably say it's like 80% demand capture. We need to make sure they understand that we have a new product, that we have an innovation. A lot of them are on our email database. And we know that we can we can engage with them, right? If I'm talking about a, a new audience we want to go after, right? Let's say pickleball players. Maybe they don't know about us as much, right? It's a it's a more aging population. They're starting to get more injuries. So now maybe I would do 70, 80% demand creation because I first have to get into their, I have, they have to be even aware that Theragun is, is for them, you know, and isn't just for the most serious athletes. They then have to get in that kind of consideration. Um, but if they're, if they're not even aware that our products can help them for, let's say, the increasing injuries they're getting, I can be doing all this demand capture and it's just not going to matter. So I really look at it as like an audience-based approach where we are and then also time of year, right? There's certain times of year where, like I said, we know when our big buying moments are, that's where we might ramp up you know, more of the demand capture performance marketing. But you know, leading into it, we might be doing some above the line too. So we're constantly testing that and evolving it. The thing I would say is it all needs to work together, right? And, and now there's just so much more ability to get the data and understand how it's all improving. Cause we can see if we run TV, we can immediately see people, you know, coming to our site, you know, we can see people searching for us. So I think gone are the days where you just did a lot of media and you didn't understand how it performed you should be able to see how it performs and you should be able to test it to understand with a specific audience how it works. And, you know, for example, our beauty products, that's great place for that is TikTok. You know, it's a younger, it's a younger audience. And so we go there. So, so again, it's really that audience-based approach that I, I believe you have to take to fine tune that model. I also think I'll give you an example of like my experience because so I, Obviously, athlete knew of Theragun because, yeah. And when I was playing, there's Theraguns. There's also when you go to like chiropractors, there's they always have Theraguns. But then my mother in law plays tennis too. And I saw you guys were doing a Black Friday sale. And I wasn't in like the mood to buy, but I saw you had something for backs and heating and vibration. So I was just like, hey, I'm a fan of their body i'm going to tell my mother-in-law who probably has never heard of their body in their life but i know it's good product on the others think products use i'm going to tell her that she should use that but just because you targeted me i also brought it to a new community community of because a lot of times like people don't understand that like 
the sons or the are buying things for their their mothers or older people and older people are buying so it's that whole holistic approach of thinking of on those buying experiences who's going to be buying the gift for who and all that stuff so i like that integrated approach that you it is harder to target too right targeting is getting harder with all of the privacy being put in place and limiting cookies but and so that's why i do think you you can also over target right like i could go so finely that i'm not hitting trying to get to your mom where your mom is like i'm not going to buy this for myself like i don't not you know i'm i'm not used to tech solving these problems but you would see that and you would then um, see those opportunities so i also think that like you can over target you still want to you know you still want to reach and and relate to a broadest audience as you can but the reality is like you need to know that their body also has products that aren't just for athletes, right? And that we need to make sure that we're getting that that message across. So I, I do think that it's a balance, you know, exactly for the the point that you bring up that you're not always you're not always buying for yourself, right? You are a lot of times gifting and buying for others, especially with with our products. Also, I think we're in the age of the creative is becoming more of the targeting because targeting's getting harder so you have to do create the whatever you and your new creative that's what you're targeting with you can go broader on targeting but whatever is in the creative is going to spark someone's reaction to do something yeah yeah it's a great point and we launched last fall we launched a new campaign and it was called the workout called life and it was all around this insight of like most consumers even if they say i'm not like an athlete or i go to the gym all the time you know, they're working out, right? And they're, they're taxing their body. We did six vignettes, six different characters. And we had a nurse, you know, we had a nurse, a dad, a mom, a white collar professional worker, a delivery driver, and a uh, grandpa with his grandkids. And we shot basically kind of these six different scenes or vignettes. So we could able have the ability to either target Right. Or we can mash them up and we can kind of bring them all together and kind of creatively we could put, you know, we could do an all female one around Mother's Day. Right. And an all male one about Father's Day. And so we could do exactly that. It was like the casting and the situations was helping us to do the targeting. Micro AI makes you better at customer acquisition. Full stop. Connect it to your Shopify stack and watch that predictive model supercharge the performance of your digital channel. Take Meta, for example. Black Crow predicts target audiences that are most likely to buy, driving the right users to your site from your Meta ads, then helps you retarget customers past seven days with true first-party, privacy-friendly tracking. Visit blackcrow.ai/daniel to get a 30-day free trial and a $1,000 credit for your first monthly contract. You already have a strong appearance in an athlete, weekend warrior, but there is a still a pain point in the other sections, like someone who is going to work out or go for a run and they're not seen as like a marathon runner or something, still is going to get, get sore and have soreness. Or going, going into my mother-in-law example, she wouldn't be seen as, a star tennis player, but she plays tennis enough that her back hurts. So she needs something to cure her back when she comes home from that. It's those little moments in life where 
there is pain created? Or would you say like a delivery driver is carrying a lot of boxes in a day, like they're getting sore. Every Soreness is just part of life and you can kind of add that, but that's more of showing awareness that the problem is not only could be solved for not just every day athletes who are playing at a high level. Everybody has this problem. That was really the insight when we did, you know, that with our customers, it was a lot of the athletes and professionals like, Hey, this is, I love your product. Like a football player, right? Like you're like, I need something really strong. I need the best of the best to penetrate my, you know, sore muscles, but my mom might not need the same. Right. And, and how can, well, can we help her? Right. Some people be like, that's, that's too intense or I might not need all those features. So we then that led to, again, back to like the product strategy, the positioning to say, okay, now we have a series of different products for different, you know, types of consumers. I mean, you could even see what Apple's done, right? And with the watch, like they came out with a kind of ultra watch for the outdoors endurance people, but then they have the regular watch, they have the watch SE, right? And so you have the ability to kind of have different tiers and hit different consumers and, and price points as well. But the challenge is how do you how do you do that so it all makes sense as a as a brand, right? Because you also can't be always appear to be for everything for everybody, right? Because then you're for, for nobody. But also I think it works of what you said in the beginning where you distill this information down to the product team and everybody else. So yeah, the Theragun might be for someone who's an athlete who goes intense and wants that hard or massage, but now you've got that market. Now you can innovate and start saying, okay, maybe I need to make something that might be softer, that might be heating, might be this for someone who's not. So you can use product as a way to do that. But if you did, if you didn't distill that information down or marketing doesn't distill that information down by reviews and all that stuff or talking to customers, you guys probably could have just been a gun or something like that. And then you would have just captured kind of run out of places to capture athletes um, who like that type of stuff. So. um, Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why it goes back to, I, I think when you're starting out as a company, right? I mean, Therabody is not that old of a company. I mean, you you do go on gut and intuition. And, you know, if you have product market fit, you should be able to reach the, your consumers that are right there and ready, right? So you can get that kind of low-hanging fruit and get it right away. But I think as you as you grow and then you have to scale and continue to grow, that's where I think the really getting and, and doing those those insights you know, we would even just, you know, show some consumer groups like the box and the packaging and get feedback, you know, and people, and, and it's even, we would have some female uh, customers who say, this feels like not a product for me. You know, it's, it's black, it's aggressive. It's a kid doesn't even say like what the features are, you know, on the, pa- the benefits on the packaging. So it really, I think that kind of insight work really, really does help. And like you said, then you have to market internally. Like I think a lot of marketers sometimes forget that like you also have to like internally sell what you're doing, sell the vision so that you keep on on task and people kind of see what the overall uh, vision and, and strategy is. Um, and I think a, a lot of marketers focus so much externally, which that's your job, but internally is really, really important. 
as well. Especially, you know, in a day where you can't see everything, right? Like a lot of times it's social media, paid ads, like people don't even see half the stuff, right? Especially when the, the days that now there's so many channels now yeah. because and everybody's attention is split up. I mean, even like two years ago when people were at home during COVID, the channels were smaller because TikTok was just rising and yeah. you short-term video. Now there's even more places that people are consuming. Things. And you made also a good point about that insights from benefits on the packaging because one thing my uh, mother-in-law was telling me to tell you is like one of the benefits of that the heating back thing was was that you don't have to plug it in. You can go on the move like yeah. with that and her other she's like what she asked me like what's the difference between my heating pad i have at home and this i'm like well you can walk around with this it's also like i trust their body because their products are made for athletes they're not just so i had to do the explaining as like me as a consumer but like if you like sometimes you have to think about maybe it's it's easy for an athlete to understand because they know it but that that mom or that that delivery driver may not do it or if they get it as a gift they may not know what this actually does with them and how it can help them yeah one of the things we did and, and that can lead to returns right yeah. i think that's a big challenge in consumer electronics is you know hidden costs such as returns right because people get it and say i don't know how to use this i don't see the value in it so we you know one thing we did is when we redid our packaging last year within the products we actually in addition to being able to scan a qr code and getting information or getting the app, which has routines, not everyone is going to want an app. Not everyone's going to want to scan a QR code. So we actually put physical cards in the box that actually had some like kind of routines to get going, right? So if you have Technic for you know Theragun, or if you have lower back pain, it'll actually show you like what setting, you know, what um, attachment to use for how long, and show you actually where to use it on the body. So it's like it's a bit old school to think about putting like, you know, paper instructions in the box, but like that's, if that's a consumer we're trying to go do, which is beyond an early adopter, who's just very tech forward and, you know, we'll use an app again. That was like, what we were able to find out is like, how did people want to be educated? Right? Like what are the, all the different ways? And so that's something that we, we started to do and been very successful because people were like, Oh, now I, now I know how to use this product right away and I can get going. It's also what you would do could do with uh, what you were talking about before, like for that awareness audience. That's probably going to be more of that educational stuff where, oh, you have lower back pain. Like this is how people use it for lower back pain. But for like an athlete, you could just probably show someone running. They come home, like they they're sore. They just take their gun out and use it. But then the top thing is more like, oh, I have a back and then you show them using the product how easily to do it like it's a different ball game for two of those different audiences and you have to think of that when you're doing your ads um and marketing yeah even like the you know influencers you use right like we've we've worked with people like you know ronaldo and james harden and that might relate to you as an athlete but that might not relate to your mother-in-law right because she's like mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not an athlete so again, it's it's different approaches, right? And then maybe even like um, not even using influencers all, but it might be direct response TV, you know, and on 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 cable that that really you know shows how you can really you know 
what's the problem you're solving for, right? And giving them, you know, a number to call if they would like to talk to someone about it. One of the last questions I have for you, I just want to ask, okay, so Valentine's Day just came up. What is that process like? How long beforehand are you planning for that that campaign? And what is the pieces, you could give a high level, but what are the pieces that go into it before a Valentine's Day launch? So about like four months, I'll, I'll give you like real brass tacks here. So like four months out, like the brand team would kick off like a brief, right? And they would say, Valentine's Day, we have these products. These are the promotions. These are all the markets, you know, that we're going to be showing up at. And ultimately, that'll be a, a brief to, you know, our internal creative team. And they'll come back with a, usually for more of a promotion, they'll come back with a overall look and feel and a kind of copy direction, right? So it'll be like, here's how the layouts, you know, all the layouts we need. So homepage, email, social posts, paid ad, here it is around a kind of core idea and then ultimately kind of copy lines. And then we'll review that. We'll kind of align on what that essentially campaign will look like and then all the other functions. So that's kind of for your basic kind of like toolkit, right? And that's what retailers can use. That's what we can use websites. We can use emails that they're all pulling off of those toolkit. Sometimes we'll do a bespoke shoot for it, right? So sometimes we, oh, we have enough assets because we've done enough or, or we're going to do a specific shoot. And then each of the functions will, will come back with ideas as well. So social will say, hey, I'm going to do, you know, I don't know, countdown to Valentine's Day, you know, campaign or PR will come back and say, hey, you know, we're going to look to get, you know, these types of articles or these types of gift guides to talk about how you know, our products are great for Valentine's Day gift. Um, influencer will come back and say, okay, you know, we're going to ha- get these influencers based on the audiences and have them talk about this is a great gift for blank in your life, right? It could be your boyfriend, your husband, you know, whoever it might be. So then all the kind of functions will come back together and then they'll kind of come up with an, you know, the brand team's leading that and they'll come back with an integrated plan that ultimately, you know, is presented to me, I'll review it, give feedback on, and then we will go out and, execute that. Right. And, and usually it's a multi-week promo. Um, and so we'll optimize along the way if certain things are working, different creatives working, different, you know, promos, deals, and we'll kind of continue to optimize. And so that, that would be for an example, kind of like more of on our promo level where I could say it's a little more brass tax, you know, promo campaign versus having a really, really big, I would say, you know, mass campaign but that's that's how we would approach it if that makes sense it makes sense and yeah you also like think about okay for this we want to bundle on the website for these products because this would be a good bundle for if a wife's buying for a husband or yeah something like you think about that with like the e-com team or like the merchandising and figure out how to do that as well. Exactly. So like the, they'll come back the email and, 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 you know, web team would come back and say, Hey, you know, it's yeah. Like leading up to it, we'll do these kinds of, you know, buy one product, get another one, you know, 15% off or Galentine's day is, you know, yeah. is, is big. And so let's have a special offer and talk about that. Right. And, and yeah, you know, kind of the, the different use cases that, that you, that you might have. We're, we're actually right now going through Father's Day, actually, right, you know, and kind of looking at for Father's Day and how do we have like a little bit of fun with dad and 
you know, as a new dad, there's no shortage of like dad jokes and stuff, but you know, like the copy team had some, some great lines. You know, we have a, we have a TheraFace device that um, is kind of more of a beauty product. And one of the lines was like, you know, dad hasn't washed his face since the eighties, like get him like the TheraFace, you know, it's also some, some humor in it. Right. Or just to kind of, you know, uh, align to, you know, the, the cultural zeitgeist a bit. Um, so, you know, have some fun too. You want to have some hooks, you know, you can't be like serious benefit driven all the time, but you have to like find ways to like shoehorn it in. So we're constantly getting ahead of all the next big moments. Um, I'm a big believer that kind of have that integrated approach. You have the brand team at the center, they're driving the briefs, the integrated plans, and then all the functions kind of are, are in support of that for kind of the key campaigns and also our, you know, product launches. And I think, I mean, the brand team knowing the company goals that like, hey, we're trying to drive X, Y, and Z also makes the brand team not seen as the pretty imagery yeah. team. Um, yeah. they, they're they seen as like a core function of like, because they understand briefing, they understand creative, they understand that. But if you get a brand person who understands, okay, we have to get awareness out too, but we also have to drive actual sales then you have like a strong brand and creative team if they can mix creative i mean data and creative yeah together. you have to i mean i i think gone are the days of brand teams that just made like advertising and made nice work our comms you know our brand team is who leads you know the consumer research right and those are the ones who are leading that they're the ones who's distilling it out they're the ones who's sharing it out and then they're the ones who are ultimately building briefs based off the insights and, and the data. So you, you, you have to be curious, you have to be good with data, and then you have to understand how to make strategies and ultimately creative because the work is only going to be as good as the brief, right? If the brief isn't good, if the brief isn't tight, you're not going to get good creative work, right? You're not going to get it from your agency. You're not going to get it internally. So it's so critical to get a really, really good brief to ensure that you can get really smart and creative work. What is a marketing hill you would die on? I would probably die on the, what I talked about before is, I hate this notion of performance and brand marketing. Everything is about what's driving the performance of the business. And marketing has to be always thinking about performance. I think that I would die on the hill that like all marketing is growth marketing, all marketing is performance marketing. Gone are those days where you're just going to go and I mean, maybe some companies just have so much money to spend that they just don't always care on an ROI. But I'm assuming anyone probably listened to this podcast is has some sort of like ROI goals or performance. So we measure every function, you know, whether you're influencers, whether you're PR, whether you're anything, any function production, you know, you all have things that you're you're measuring, you're looking at. So I strongly believe and, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, Ogilvy and, you know, he said, you know, the best creative is the creative that sells. You know, there's no such thing as creative that doesn't sell. It's not creative then, um, at least in marketing. So I'm a big, I'm a big believer and proponent of that. Yeah, someone said the other day, like creative that doesn't sell is just an art project or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
which I thought was hilarious. Someone said I forgot I said it, but it's hilarious. Um, last last thing I have for you is where could we find what you're doing, Therabody's doing, all that good stuff. Yeah, therabody.com. That's where we're at. Um, obviously, we have all the social channels. I'm most active on probably LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me find me on LinkedIn. Probably the best best way to reach me is to just message me there. I try to go get get through to them. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find either the company or or myself. Yeah, go. If you haven't checked out there, body, go check it out. I have the gun. Actually, have the big gun and the mini gun because nice. you know you got, you you have to have one way you're, when you're traveling as well. It's on the so, go. Yeah. yeah, so you need both. Um, so I appreciate having you on, and thank you so much. Yeah, Daniel, really appreciated it. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.